News Talk On Demand. Interruption-free audio, where you want it, when you want it. I'm Brittany Cafe here with Rick Van Dyke back together in studio. Oh, in, in real life. It's been so long, it seems like a million <laughs> yeah. years. I, I, you know, I can't even remember the last time I was in the studio. I just worked out of my studio at home. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's good to be back together. If you've got a question about anything yard or garden related, you can feel free to give us a call or send us a text, one 332 All right, Rick, so the weather has been taking a little bit of a turn. We've been getting a little bit cooler in the evenings. Well, there was even that one, what, the one... Was a week ago, was it Wednesday? Tuesday, Wednesday, there was a risk of frost yeah. across all of central Saskatchewan. Oh, gosh. So it was, uh, but now it looks like it's going to be good. I mean, we're, I think I see the lowest temperature might be Tuesday or Wednesday. It's supposed to be eight degrees. Yeah. And so after that, it's going to be more like 10, 11s, that kind of stuff. So we're okay, but we need to start getting, thinking about, uh, what happens with fall. And oh, the dread, the dreaded F word, Rick. Fall, it's exactly. on the way. You know, we have to. We're going to want to start bringing in our, our house plants and those kind of things that we put outside for vacation for the summertime. Yep. <laughs> and and we planted up. You know, everybody's into succulents and they put them in their planters and everything else. And so now, now is the time when you want to start thinking about bringing all those plants in. And uh, but you just don't want to bring them in, Brittany, because yeah. you know what happens when you bring them in. They have little what we call Klingons yes. or hitchhikers. <laughs> so, yeah, little bugs little always bugs, manage to find know, their way in. Aphids, spider mites, uh, all that kind of stuff. So you want to be able to get some, you know, insecticidal soap, you know, soap and water, blast them with just straight water uh, using ambush or another one is Endol, which is canola oil, insecticidal soap, and a little bit of pyrethrin in it. And those kind of things, you just have to remember, you just can't go and miss the top leaves and think you're going to get all the bugs. Yeah. you got to get underneath the leaves. You have to basically soak down the uh, the stem of the plants and everything else. And so you want to do a good job, and you're probably going to do that more than once. That's why you need to start now. That's why I'm telling you now, don't wait until, you know, all of a sudden it's going to be minus zero, minus one to bring them in. Because you're going to want to spray them a couple times and uh, and wash them down a few times at least, you know, I would say seven days apart if you can. And then that way you'll make sure that you get rid of all those little little bugs that are in there. And, and then and then when you bring them in the house, if you've got some other house plants, don't, don't buddy them up beside the other plants. Just isolate them a bit until you really check to make sure any other bugs might have, you know, you missed or whatever. And, and then you'll have the things like the fungus gnats, you know, that will be there. And that'll be normal. That's those little tiny little flies, you know. Yep. So put some sticky traps in your soil already. And, and then also, if you want, if you know you have them, just get a slice of potato. Because there's no chemical for those ones, okay? Mm. So just get a slice of potato, set it on top of the soil. And the little, the fly, we all know there's a little worm or a maggot, right? Yeah. It's just very, very tiny. And then you, so that little slice of potato, the maggot will come to that potato and then in a couple of days, just pick it up, and then you'll see a bunch on the bottom of the potato. And then take have a spoon and scoop some that are just underneath the potato on the soil, and throw it away, and then stick another potato down there. Now there's a new slice of potato. After a few times, you'll get rid of them all. I love good natural yep. cures for things like that. It's just like with fruit flies. I know so many people have tons of fruit yep. and veg in the house right now, getting ready for canning. Well, yeah. Apple cider vinegar yep. catches them like crazy. Just a cup with yep. some apple cider vinegar or just some vinegar and a little bit of soap on top of it type of thing. And just a piece of, a piece of saran wrap, poke some holes. You'll catch all your 
the vinegar will attract the fruit flies like right now. Yeah. Gets so, them every time. Gets them every time. Perfect. Okay. So ha- as we head into fall, what other things should we be thinking about with our yards and gardens, especially like when it comes to trees? Are they getting ready to go dormant? How do we help them well, along? We're still, we're still in August. Okay. I can still say we're still August. We're still summer. Right? Yeah. <laughs> So I always tell people, this is the week that you want to make sure that you have everything well watered, okay? Okay. And we've had some rains, but those rains are okay for some shrubs and your grass and those kind of things. But your trees, no, we've had some pretty good droughts. Just look, we're looking over top of the river, and I can see all these trees out here, how much how stressed they are. I mean, you can see some of the leaves turning yellow already, and we haven't even had any cold like cold weather for them to turn yellow. So is that just because of the drought That's that leaves are turning prematurely? Yeah. They're, they're, they're basically shutting themselves down, protecting themselves, right? So, yeah. so you want to give them a good drink of water right now. So deep water uh, at the drip line of a tree, which is the outer edge of the branches. So things like your spruce trees especially and your all your other ma- uh, maples and, and uh, your lindens and your poplars, all that kind of stuff. Give them all a really good drink. Then after this, so that's all, just one good drink now. And uh, I, that's just called, well, good drink means a slow soaker. Just don't put the hose out there and give them a good watering. You got to do the watering slowly. So put the hose out there, the drip under the tree, and just let it dribble. Yeah. Let it sit there for three quarters an hour. Yeah. Right? At least. And then move it to another part of the tree. Let it sit there for three quarters an hour. And this this is dribbling, so you're not running this. You're, you want it to soak in right away. You don't want it to go down the street and and into the sewer drains, right? Yeah, you it's basically like taking little sips of water throughout the yeah, day rather exactly. than just slamming a whole slamming bottle back. a whole bottle back, right? So uh, just put a little drip down there. Or if you have a soaker hose, put it upside down all the way on the drip line of the tree. Or the one way, best way to do it is if you have a, a root feeder, a Ross called the Ross root feeder. Yeah. And that one there, you stick it into the ground. It has a you stick it on your hose. It has a spike that goes down about two and a half feet, and but you can just stick it down about twelve inches down and just let it water. And the water's just gonna get right down to where the roots are. Perfect. Okay, we've got a couple of texts coming in here. This one is from Willa in Regina. I have a few varieties of hostas that are taking over my perennial borders. When and how do I thin these out? Can I replant them? Absolutely. Yeah. Replant them. The best time to replant them is actually in the spring. You can do it in the fall. Uh, so you want to wait till a frost hits them first. Okay. Okay, so you see the leaves turning transparent, you know, when a frost gets them and sort of start, looks mushy and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Then you can transplant them, but then you need to mulch them for the first winter. Okay, throw some peat moss or some leaves or something to keep them mulched for the first winter. But otherwise, do it around, as soon as the frost comes out of the ground, just after the 15th of April type of thing. That's the best time to do it. And then you don't have to worry about all those mulching and they'll just get established and really good. And so, uh, so either, either one, it's fine. Perfect. Okay. And we've got a text here from Julie in Battleford. I have cherry trees that are four feet tall. The top six inches are infested with black eggs under the leaves that are covered in ants and wasps. Yep. Assuming the black dots are eggs. Yep. Yeah. So you could most likely eggs from aphids. Oh, okay, because aphids are starting now to lay the eggs, okay? Yeah. Once you start getting cool temperatures, they start laying eggs. So it could be aphids, or it could be a host of other type of insects that are out there that put the black eggs underneath there. And so and the wasps are there, and, that, and the ants are there, because aphids and other insects suck on the leaves and excrete sap. Oh. Okay? So they're there harvesting the sap. Okay, because they're this time of the year, they're trying to get their, trying to bring food down to the nest and gather for the winter time. The wasps are, 
the nests are their largest size they're going to be yeah, for the, the year. the wasps are crazy and right so now. And so right now, they're actually wasps. We talked about that last week. They're hangry right now. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> because there's less, because of the drought and that, there's less flowers, less things going on right there. So right now, this time of the year, I mean, it's crazy. They'll You put meat out, they'll seem to, I don't know what it is about meat that you put... I was out to dog training the dog, and I used little pieces of, of hot dog for oh, training the dog. Gosh. And these things are flying around me trying to get my pieces of hot dog because they just, they can, I don't know, they can sense it. I don't know how we it is. T- we actually talked to a wasp expert on the Brent Lauk yeah. show a few weeks ago, and he said that as we head into fall, they start looking for protein because it just yeah. stores, better, stores better. Which is, you think about, <laughs> oh, they're, they're, they're just as hungry for that steak as we yeah, are. As we are. Right? Yeah. So, you know, you, you see, one thing about those that, that and they're also looking for things like the sap and the thing anything to eat yeah. right now because there's no obviously there's not as many flowers out there and those kind of things so yeah the, so then the wasps are out there like crazy right now so and they're the wasp nest i mean they could be they could be in your tree a tree they could be underneath your eve of your house it yeah. could be underneath the sidewalk or in the wall of your house wherever they find a spot it's and like i said this time of the year the nests are at their peak right now and so uh, they can be, especially I feel sorry for the people that have allergies. Yeah. Because it's scary then. So. Yeah. So then with those little black eggs, what should Julie be doing? How does she, can she, can she get rid of well, them? On the eggs, there's not much you can do other than what you can do right now is just take a pair of pruners and just clip all those off and toss them in the garbage. Okay. Okay. That's probably the easiest way because when they're in the egg stage, you can't spray them. Okay. Uh, there's nothing to spray them with. Uh, you can't use dormant oil in the summertime. You've got to use dormant oil in the wintertime, so you can't use dormant oil. You can't use uh, any soaps or anything like that because they're eggs, right? There's yeah. nothing to get. So um, so once they hatch, then, yeah, you can you can get them with soap and water or you can get them with ambush or endol or any of those kind of things, you know, insects on a soap. Um, but when they're in the egg stage, not much. So best thing to do is just either take your finger and scrape them off Right or squish them or just cut those little branches off that you see them. It's not going to hurt the plant trimming them right now, anyways. And then just toss them in the garbage. Perfect. All right, we're going to take a quick break. If you have a question, feel free to give us a call one eight seven seven three three two eight two five five. I'm Brittany Cafe here with Rick Van Divendyke, and you're listening to Garden Talk on six fifty CKOM and nine eighty CJME. Happy Sunday, everybody. I'm Brittany Cafe here with Rick Van Dyvendyke. If you have a question, feel free to give us a call. The number is one 332 8255 Right now we have Paul on the line in Saskatoon. Hi, Paul. Uh, good morning, you guys. Good morning. Uh, first of all, I'd like to thank Rick. Thank you so much for all your advice throughout this growing season. It's, re- it's really made a big difference in my garden, and I'm, I'm a seasoned gardener. It's fun. So thank it's you very good. much. You're welcome. Um, I have a gojis that are growing and they're getting really tall i'm yep. just wondering can i cut those down and put them in water and grow some roots and replant them uh i've never goji i would think would go better from softwood cuttings but i mean you could try it as long as your 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 branches are smaller basically smaller than your baby finger okay yep. And then uh, you you may be able to get it to to I've never uh, honestly I've never tried goji berry. Uh, there's some plants that just don't just don't want to root very well. You know, even Saskatoon's you can't you can't root by just taking a stem cutting. Yeah. And so I've never honestly tried uh, goji berry, but I would think a goji berry would do better from softwood cuttings. Yeah. But what's the harm in trying? Uh, that's what I always say. And when would 
when would be a good time to even do that? Um, if you're going to do it, I would suggest you, if you're going to do a softwood cutting, you do it basically in June. Great. Uh, June, beginning of July, in that range, that's when I would normally do a softwood cutting. Uh, if you're going to do a try just a hardwood cutting, then then you can you can do them uh, anytime once in in the winter, basically in March or take go, go take a cutting and stick it in water, right? Uh, even if you want to just experiment right now, <laughs> stick take a take a cutting and put it in a in a in a glass of water and see what happens. Yeah. Right. Well, and then if it works, I'll I'll tell you. I'll pass that on to you. That'd be awesome. <laughs> Perfect. Thanks a lot for your time. You're welcome. Thanks so much, Paul. Have a great day. Okay, we've got tons of texts coming in. And again, the number is one 332 8255 if you want to call in or send us a text. This one is from Sarah in Kalonzi. Is it better to transplant oak tree seedlings in the spring or in the fall? Uh, oaks, doesn't matter. Okay. Yeah, they're fine. You can see if you've got little seedlings coming up, you can transplant them. Uh, if it's in the fall, I would suggest doing it right after um, after you get a f- the first frost type of thing. Okay. And a good hard frost, and then do it then. Um, and then you may want to mulch them for the first winter because they're just tiny little plants right now. But otherwise, uh, perfect time again is, is, is just as soon as the frost comes out of the ground in the spring, uh, Do it. that's a perfect time as well. Okay, and then Sarah's also wondering, when is the best time for transplanting buckeye seedling, about two feet tall? Oh, uh, same thing. I would suggest you do the buckeye. Like the, I, I would have no problem doing it in the fall once the leaves turn color, okay? Okay. Uh, and you have to wait till that point in time first, so you're not looking, you're looking almost the toward the end of September, okay, for that one. Uh, otherwise, they're, again, as soon as the frost is out of the ground in the spring, don't wait until May. should be done sometime in April otherwise. Okay, perfect. Here's a text from Sandy in Moose Jaw. What can I put on my numerous tomato plants to make them ripen? <laughs> the tomatoes have been green for so long. You know, the biggest one is that, you know, right now there's so many leaves in your tomato right now. And so what you may want to do is you notice that uh, you may want to just even have to prune some of your leaves off. Uh, just so the sun can get at the, at the, at the tomatoes. Okay. That'll be the biggest one. It's just, you, you want to ripen them on the vine. Okay. That's the big one. Also, the nighttime temperature is getting lower. So even if you, if you can, if you throw a, 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 a sheet or a piece of crop cover, you know, a frost cover blanket over top of them, uh, then that will keep the heat in with, with them at, for the evening. And that'll help them so they don't have to take so long during the day to warm up and start, and start, um, and start getting, um, start ripening up again. So leaves, one thing, uh, even they do that in, in, in grape country as well. If you ever notice, they plant most of the rows of grapes basically in rows, uh, north south. Yeah. So the sun comes up over top. So, on the east side of of the vines, they go down and they start trimming leaves out so that the sun can hit the the, the bunches of grapes. But on the west side of the, of the that's when the hottest part of the day they leave the leaves there so the grapes don't get cooked basically. So you don't get raisins, right? So you get raisins. <laughs> yeah. So this time of the year when the sun's getting not quite as hot anymore, so you may want to just uh, either tie some branches up so the sun gets into more, or just prune a few leaves out so that you just get a more light into your um, into your tomatoes. That, that's the big one. And other than that, you just it takes because it was a late starting in spring. It's going to take longer for some of your fruit 
to uh, actually ripen, and uh, you may end up having to pick some off and ripen them in the house. Yep, definitely. Okay, okay here is a text from Kim from Regina. So late last summer, I called in about our evergreen tree suffering from needle drop, which was occurring at the top of the tree and working its way down. Okay. The advice at that time was to remove the top of the tree. We did that, and it appeared to stop any further damage. Come this spring, the tree was thriving, good growth, but suddenly in the last two to three weeks, the tree is showing the same symptoms, working from the top down, but it seems to be more aggressive this time. Whole branches are losing their needles and it appears that the tree is dying. Is the tree a goner? Should we just cut it down to prevent the disease from spreading to neighboring trees? It's an insect. It's it's a it's a spruce weevil. Okay, and so what they they, they it's a tip spruce tip weevil. Okay, and so what happens is that just because you cut it out, you got some of the larva, but there's obviously been some other adults that were in the soil that that was that now came back up again, or came from a neighbor's tree, or you know, a tree next door yeah. or whatever. So what you have to do now is you just keep on top of it. You just take the next little batch down, so cut off the tip, take a look at your tip to make sure there's no boreholes because you might have to go down a little farther to catch them, okay? So that's that's very key is to just not just to cut a piece off that's dead. You may have to look at the, at the, your, your tip that you cut off, and if you still see the holes, you got to go down into the live part because there'll be some there'll be some um, some of the larva, which is the bore, and once that bore comes up pretty quick here, they'll be coming out of the out of the tree and then going down to the ground and then becoming pupating, becoming the the weevil. They'll fly back up and and put their eggs back up in the tree again. So you can keep on top of it. Uh, you don't necessarily have to cut the tree down. Just a matter of just a matter of keeping on top of it, and it'll put up a new leader again. And uh, so you just have to keep on top of it. But watch, it would have started happening a lot earlier than just now. You would have started seeing the, the, the needles, the, the new growth starting to weep, okay, going down. And that means that that's the start of them not, not getting the, the sap anymore. So you have to do it at that stage. Don't wait until all the needles have fallen off because then they've, they've cultured in there and they're almost ready to come out as, and drop to the ground and become an adult. So you gotta do it as soon as you start seeing those new, the new growth starting to, to weep down and uh, starting to die right away. Okay, perfect. All right. One last question here before we take a break. We've been leaving our lawn at three inches this summer. When should we start cutting it to two and a half or two inches before the winter? Um, I'd wait a little bit. Today is supposed to be like, or tomorrow is supposed to be 27 degrees. I think we're all getting into early fall mode. (laughs) (laughs) Tomorrow is supposed to be 27 degrees. Yeah. So, I mean, you you still, I mean, we've had a bit of moisture. So as, as, you know, the sun... As we get into September here, the sun won't be as intense, okay? Uh, we will have a few warm days, but I would say once we start getting into September, then you can go down to, um, so after Wednesday, let's say. There we go. <laughs> Just a few more days. A few more days. Perfect. So it looks like the weather for the next week is not going to be up this Tomorrow's going to be the warmest day, and after that, we're going to get back to more moderate temperatures. So then you can start trimming it. You bring it to your your height down. Perfect. All right. If you've got a question, you can feel free to give us a call one eight seven seven three three two eight two five five. I'm Brittany Cafe here with Rick Van Dyvendyke, and you're listening to Garden Talk on six fifty CKOM and nine eighty CJME. I'm Brittany Cafe here with Rick Van Dyvendyke. If you have a question, feel free to give us a call, 1-877-332-8255. Right now we have Mary on the line in Watrous. Hi, Mary. Hi, sorry, Mary had to go, so I'm uh, filling in for uh, <laughs> a question. What's your name? 
Daryl. Daryl. Nice to meet yeah. you, Daryl. What's your question? Uh, it's, I'm sure you've had these, this question before, but it's in reg- regards to uh, basically an aphid invasion in our yard. Um, it's at the point where uh, really sitting on the deck is uh, miserable because they're constantly all over uh, getting in your into your glasses and stuff like that. We have to literally shake our clothes off before we go in the house oh, yep. because we're so infested with them. Yep. And around the garden, uh, particularly along the sh- uh, uh, small shrubs that I have uh, along the garden, I uh, looked there yesterday and, and it was just incredible. Like There were so many that they were actually matted, literally matted on the, on the ground. Um, so we've had these last few years, this time of year, they come in and, and uh, we're just wondering... Um, what, what, why they start showing up and what can be done about it? A lot of times this year it has to do with the harvest. So once once they once start combining and swathing, and then all of a sudden they're just disturbed and they're just everywhere, right? And oh, yeah. and then this time of the year also you get you get huge amounts of 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 aphids, and now this time of the year they become in because they want to start spreading spreading their wings. I would say they actually. The adults, the adults, when they get so many in one plant, once once they get uh, over over um, uh, you know over um, what's it? Inf- I call it infested, but I mean once once their numbers get so big, it's just like it's just like a, a bee swarm where it'll produce another queen, you'll have a swarm, and the and the, the the beehive will split, right? And so aphids do the same thing. Once they get too many aphids on one plant, then they'll actually produce aphids with wings, and then they start moving around. Right, mm-hmm. so it's a way of just spreading around, and then at this time of the year, they're getting ready to um, to lay eggs because they don't lay only lay eggs in the fall, and to to be able to survive for the winter time. And other than that, they're born actually they give birth and they're born pregnant, right? They're asexual, mm-hmm. so uh, so they that's why it's really important on the, your plants is to keep on top of that first thing in the spring. As soon as the leaves come out. Those eggs are hatching. Okay, if you can get okay. first, if you can get rid of those first generations in the spring, you'll have less issues. Other than when they start moving in from other farmers' fields and everywhere else this time of the year, but uh, this time of the year you can just go and take soap and water. You can take insecticidal soap, Endol, Ambush, any one of those things, and you can spray your plants down. At least you'll bring the numbers down from them putting the eggs out there for next year. Okay, okay. so you, so you want to be able to, and then also make sure. In your yard, uh, which is fun to do anyways, put a bird bath out there, a water feature of some sort. Attract birds. Put uh, put some bird little wren houses, not little tiny holes for wrens and chickadees and all that kind of stuff. If you have those attracted to your yard, they'll just they used to see how many aphids they eat in a day. It's just incredible, mm-hmm. and and you'll keep the insects way down if you intra- just attract attract those little songbirds. To your yard, you'll have way less insects, and it'll be under, and, and well, there'll still be some, but I mean enough that your plants can handle it, and you'll be able to sit on your deck a bit better. Other than if the wind blows a whole bunch in from a farmer's field or the neighbors or whatever. Yeah, actually, looking out my window right now, I can probably see twelve, fifteen those little songbirds right now, just just flying around the yard. Yep. Um, with that, uh, like, I went in the evening and in the morning to to look for them, and and there's literally, I I cannot see any sign of them. Is it do they go somewhere at night? Or? Yeah, no, they'll turn the light on. <laughs> You'll see them come around. We were out in the deck last night and had the, and they had the lights on. And, and I tell you, we had we had sand, sand flies, we had aphids, we had everything. You sort of, okay, everybody sort of wipe, sort of shake themselves off a little bit and then open the door and sort of 
wave your hands in front of the door and then quickly go in the door and close the door so they don't all come in the house, right? So, um, but this is the time of the year when you're going to get that. And uh, but uh, if you just go in there and start getting rid of the ones that are there, but they do, they'll hide in the grass, they hide in the, they'll hide in the grass, they hide in the, in the shrubs. They had to do everything during the day, right? They're just basically, and then they they come out at nighttime, and because um, there's less predators there and it's cooler, and usually the wind is calmer, and so that's why you'll see them more. Oh, yeah. Okay. Thank you. Awesome. Thanks for the call, Daryl and Mary. <laughs> Have a good day. All right. We've got a text here from Karina from Saskatoon. I've been watering my newly planted perennials and shrubs since they were planted in the spring. At what point in the fall should I stop watering them? So probably, st- I always say after, after September long weekend, which is next weekend, yeah. then I start slowing down everything. Okay. If it's things like maples and those kind of things, I'm starting to slow down now already. Okay, anything that's a very aggressive, maples and poplars, uh, those are two plants other than giving a good drink if if it's really dry. So there again, I always say take that piece of rebar, right? The three-eighths rebar, about three feet long. Probe the soil down at least 12 inches, down to 16 inches, and see what the moisture's like there. If it's mo- if you pull it back up and it's moist, um, you're, they're fine. Just leave them. Uh, just, you know, water them as you, normal, okay? But if you can't stick that probe into the ground... That means it's bone dry down there. Yeah. And so then you need to, you know, give them a good soaking. And uh, and then after that, only water enough the plants to keep them alive. So you're going to be very sparingly, okay? Yeah. And there's time also to start slowing the watering on your grass and everything else. You want to do a good deep watering now would be a good thing to do. I mean, we've had some rains, um, but some of the rains didn't go down. It was, so it was so dry in most cases, Okay. That rain only went down maybe two inches. Well, and some of the rain seemed to come so hard and so fast that yep. it was all just going down into the storm drains. It wasn't soaking that, in much. And that was the same place. It was so dry that the water actually ran, and, yeah. and then you kick the soil, and it was dry underneath. So it's those slow soaking rains that are that are a lot better. So so probe the soil. Honestly, just probe the soil. and Because I always say, don't use a schedule for watering Always use that piece of three-inch rebar because it, it has rib. The rebar has ribs on it. Yep. And uh, and rebar is what they use. Some don't know what that is. They use rebar for reinforcing concrete. Okay. It's steel bars with little ribs on it, and so you can pick it up at any Home Depot, Rona, hardware store, whatever. Okay. Stick it in the ground and then bring it up, and then it brings a good sample. It's a cheap little piece of steel that, that yep. just it works great for a, for a for a moisture probe, and then just just base your whole year on 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 when you water by that probe. Perfect. And then Karina is also wondering, considering that our area doesn't typically get great snow coverage, how should I prepare them for the winter? Should I protect or cover them with straw bales or mulch? Yeah, straw the straw bales. The only thing I I worry about straw bales is that they attract mice. Yeah. Okay, and the bowls and everything else. Okay, that's the only thing I don't like about straw. So you can use, you know, use leaves. You can use uh, uh, bark mulch. Okay, that works really well. Um, what you can do too is I always say is that for perennials, a lot of people like trimming their perennials, but down in the in the fall, right? Yeah. I like trimming my perennials in the spring. Why? Why do perennials lay down on the ground like a hosta? All those big leaves lay down on the ground. They're they're creating their own mulch. Their own Ooh. protection, right? Lays it on the ground and it actually makes a little barrier on top of the ground. So I know in the spring the leaves are a little bit mushy and all that kind of stuff to clean up, but so what? 
you actually believe all those kind of things on there, it just helps the plant even more. It's just a natural, it's a natural protection. Well, and I always leave mine because I've heard that it's really good for insects like bees and ladybugs yep. and stuff like that will kind of make a home they in there too. They love the mulch. Yeah. They love the mulch and the, and the, draw, and the leaves and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, and also what happens is that you'll get other plants that might have like liatris and, and all, you know, like irises and that. They still have stems sticking up in the air. So those catch snow, like little snow fences. So they catch snow as well. So even if you put up a, a little tiny, make some, you see them out in the golf courses, right? They make those little tiny snow fences yep. that are about, you know, two feet high even or so, that sort of thing. You can make some snow fences that are that, that high and just stick them, stick some pegs in the ground and put a little snow fence to catch snow if you're having yep. a hard time keeping snow there. Um, or otherwise shovel snow from other parts of your yard over top, especially on the south side of your house where the snow melts away. Perfect. All right. If you have a question, feel free to give us a call. one 332 8255 I'm Brittany Cafe here with Rick Van Dyvendyke, and you're listening to Garden Talk on 650 CKOM and 980 CJME. I'm Brittany Cafe here with Rick Van Dyvendyke. If you have a question relating to anything garden or yard, feel free to give us a call. one 332 8255 Right now we have Beth on the line in Saskatoon. Hi, Beth. Hi. What's your question? Um, I live on an acreage just about 10 minutes out of Saskatoon, and um, all our tower poplars appear to be dying, and we have several, and we're so so disappointed. And I'm just just wondering, um, people I've talked to don't seem to think that there's anything to do about it other than, like, just keep them as healthy as possible, you know, watering. But is there any treatment, and what is it that's killing them? Uh, They're they're basically dying from the top down type of thing? The top part of it is dying first? they're not dying from the top down. They're dying like, and I've seen it a lot in the city too. Like yep. They're dying like throughout the whole tree. Like there's big long yep. branches going up that are dying. Yeah, yeah. no, you, well, it's it's called a poplar bore. Okay, so it's an insect okay. that drills into the bark, and then you'll start losing branches. So what you can do is look for sawdust at the base of the tree. Okay, or you can look for holes about the size of a ballpoint pen head, and then the shape of a D. Okay. Oh. And that, okay. that's that's how you can look for them. They'll be just down around right where the where the where the where's basically where the green meets the dead part. Right, you'll see those holes, and usually the entry holes are fairly close to where a branch comes out of the main trunk. Okay, okay. and you'll see those D holes. Now, if you have those D holes, basically once once they get in there, you almost need to trim them out. Okay, uh, or otherwise, what you can do too, if you see those D holes, you can get some uh, what's called Doctor Doom. It's a high concentrate pyrethrum, and you need to get the the high dose, which is 0.5. Okay, there's some lot of 0.25, but if you can get the 0.5, which mm-hmm. is the heavy duty, and it has a little straw on it, a little red straw like a WD-40 can, and you can spray them into the holes. Okay. Okay. Uh, but yours, uh, and the, the the I'll tell you, the, these insects, uh, this borer, go after poplars only the ones that are stressed. Okay. okay. If it's a healthy poplar, they won't touch them. They're just attracted to stressed trees. So it's a matter, especially over here in acreage, you know, it's, you, you have to be able to water, right? Um, this was a drought year, and it's going to cause those plants to stress, and then, uh, um, then that's when the, the insect is attracted to them. But once you have them, it's going to be hard. Uh, you've got to battle. Honestly, you do. And um, so um, otherwise, if you're going to go after a, a, a different tree, uh, if you start replacing, don't put another another aspen or a poplar in there, okay? Because you got the, that insect in the area.
go with an upright, like a Parkland pillar birch or Dakota Pinnacle birch, or something like that. Yeah, okay. don't don't is, go with is, the aspen. These ones, yeah, these ones are actually in our yard, like uh, kind of like on on the one side of the yard. Yep. Um, so I was gonna. That's what I was gonna ask. My next question is, what trees are healthy that aren't don't get many diseases that you could rend, recommend for like a nice? Because those actually those trees blocked the north wind for our house. Yep. So okay, so sorry, what so, kind of birch did so you say? You can do the the Dakota Pinnacle birch. Okay. They're a little bit wider. They're about nine feet wide. Okay. Okay. And uh, they'll do well, but you still got to keep them healthy. Okay, out in because yeah. the birches like a bit more moisture, so put a drip irrigation system on them if you're on an acreage. Okay. okay. It just saves you a lot. It's easy to do, uh, and um, you can do it yourself, and and it'll just save you a lot and keep the trees and keep the trees fertilized too every year. So those trees you want to fertilize in the spring, early in the spring, and then then you know at least once a year or twice twice a year, or maybe once in May and once beginning of June. And then those plants will be um, a lot better. And and if you're anywhere around Saskatoon, I would suggest just using, if you've got a lot of trees out in the area, like in a yard, you can just use a liquid fertilizer, right, and mix with water. Yeah. But out yeah. there, I would just use like a like a groundskeeper fertilizer. It's made in Saskatchewan, but it has sulfur and it has iron in it. So you're lowering your pH, so the plants can take up nutrients. All the other nutrients, like your magnesium, boron, all the other minor nutrients that the plants need to be healthy, they keep the insects away. Okay. 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 Groundskeeper fertilizer. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Perfect. Thanks, Beth. All right. Now we have Brian on the line in Simpson. Hi, Brian. Hello. How are you doing? Doing good. Thanks. What's your question for Rick? Great. Um, I got these those red bugs, and like some are black, and there's thousands of them in our in our yard. <laughs> yep. Well, how do you get rid of them? They're called maple bugs. <laughs> okay. Okay, maple bugs, they're harmless. They don't do anything other than give you the eebie-jeebies, okay? Yeah, they're gross. <laughs> <laughs> There's just so many of them. Out in the fields, yeah. I was just this last week out in the fields, and they're just, there's some black irrigation pipe, and they were, the irrigation pipe looked like it was moving. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so it was so many on there. But you can take a, actually, if you want to get rid of them quick, one easy way is just take a, 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 a Shop vac, <laughs> vacuum them all up, right? <laughs> Toss the bag away. Uh, otherwise, if you want, you can spray them with things like ambush. Uh, you can spray them with soap and water. Uh, if you want on the foundation of your house, you can spray things like spider ban or uh, another pyrethrin, even ambush onto your onto your concrete foundation. As soon as they cross it, it affects their nervous system and they basically will die them. Um, otherwise, like I said, they're harmless. They don't bite. They don't. They don't do anything other than. Yeah, like, there's too many of them, and it's just yep. Yeah, yeah. it just, just looks really. It gross. just looks really bad. <laughs> so, but uh, oh, in fact, there's one right on the window, right here, right now. <laughs> oh, there is! Oh gosh, <laughs> he must have been like I heard my buddy, heard my buddy Brian. Funny, <laughs> <laughs> right beside, right, right on the other side of Brittany's head. Here is the one on the window. <laughs> so that's funny. Shop back, ambush, soap and water. Yep. Spider ban, you said. Spider spider ban is one you can just spray on on a surface. On it has to be it can't be on the ground. It has to be on a hard surface. If you okay. spray anything on on uh, any kind of anything you spray on the house for to, for a barrier, if you're gonna you put it on siding, go to a corner of the of the siding first and spray a little bit and see if it's gonna stain it first. Okay. You know, on the concrete base, I know it's fine. You know, on your on your parging and that kind of stuff. But okay. if you're doing it on stucco or on your um, on on some on your siding, vinyl or cement board, whatever you're gonna be doing. Just go and go to a corner and spray. Yeah, a little test patch. Test patch. You don't want to stain it, and all of a sudden you come back the next day. Oops, you know I got this ugly little mar- lines all over my house. So, 
So it's called Spider Band, like B-A-N-D? B-A-N, B-A-N. B-A-N, okay. Okay. And was there there one more after the Spider Band, you were saying? Uh, Just, you can do Ambush as well. Oh, Ambush. Uh, Anything that has a bit of residual. There's Dr. Doom as well, that works really well. Okay. And there's a bunch of other ones that, that work, for, okay. like, there's a bunch of other brand names out there, too. Is there anything that residual that you can spray, spray on the foundation? Okay. Okay. Super. Perfect. Thanks Thank so much for much. the call, Brian. Yeah. All right. Here's a text from Rosanda and Estevan. My honeydew plants are really dying down. Does this mean that my melons are ready to go, or how do I know? Yeah, if they're really dying down, it could be a whole bunch of things with heat and, and we've had and, and, and powdery mildew, a whole bunch of things. Yeah. So you, if the leaves are gone, then you're basically your melons are, are pretty much you might have to ripen them inside, uh, but uh, but otherwise they're not going to grow anymore if your leaves are all gone. Okay, but uh, and that's one thing with melons and that kind of stuff. Now in September, that's when they put on most of their weight. Yes. So if you can protect them, you know, with with a crop cover and that the white crop cover even stops the heat. Okay, as well uh, as if it's too hot, but also keeps the nighttime temperatures in. In, and you keep the moisture up, uh, is watering, of course, you have to take the cover off when you water and using drip irrigation is the best way to, to for melons and that kind of stuff. Uh, but they put on a lot of weight in the first two weeks of September. It seems like they know that cooler nights are coming and they just start growing. And so, um, uh, so that, yeah, so you keep them on. If you've got green leaves, keep them on as long as you can. Just cover at night. Perfect. All right. If you have a question, feel free to give us a call. one 332 8255 I'm Brittany Cafe here with Rick Van Dyvendyke, and you're listening to Garden Talk on 650 CKOM and 980 CJME.